Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Awaken to the divine within. You're listening to unityonlineradio.org. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from a beautiful day in Fort Worth, Texas. Today, I welcome modern mystic, awakened spiritual teacher, author, and founder of the Conscious Living Foundation, Leonard Jacobson, to the show. We'll be talking about his book, uh, Liberating Jesus. What would Jesus say if he returned today? Which is an interesting question, isn't it? And um, and uh, the book really is three parts. It's uh, First of all, it talks about Leonard's awakenings. And then there's a, a scripture, the play that uh, Leonard wrote about uh, the return of Jesus. And then the rest of the book is question, quite insightful, actually, questions and answers um, about uh, the, the themes in, in, in the play and in uh, Leonard's teachings. Uh, so it's, it's a fascinating read. And it's certainly a joy to welcome Leonard Jacobson to today's show. Welcome. Glad you're with us. Well, thank you, Paul, and it's a pleasure to be here. You know, um, many of your themes resonate very well, I, I think, with unity. Uh, the, you know, the essential unity, number one, the, the non-dual teachings, you know, the essential oneness of everything. And we talk also a lot about presence. And I'm reminded of another Australian, actually. His name's Sailor Bob Adamson, and uh, he talked about presence awareness. And I, I think he has a similar similar teaching. I've always enjoyed him. So it's a thrill to find uh, you as well uh, coming from that particular tradition. I shouldn't say tradition, right? Because really, this was a discovery all of your own, right? Without without really uh, following traditions, it, it was spontaneous awakenings. Uh, that's very true, uh, Paul. I've never really been involved in uh, organized religion or really any kind of organized spiritual path. It all happened spontaneously for me, and that's kind of how I find myself where I am today. Just been a natural, uh, organic journey, we could say. And you, you were a, uh, a barrister, or as we call them, lawyer in America. You were a lawyer before, an attorney before you became a, a spiritual teacher. Is that correct? That is correct, Paul. In fact, it really seems to me more like a past life than uh, uh-huh. my early life in this lifetime. But, um, yes, I was a barrister complete with wig and gown and um, living in Melbourne, Australia, and working as a barrister. And um, one day I just realised, after about seven or eight years, 
I realized, you know, I'm not happy doing this. Uh, it's not my true calling, even though I didn't know what my true calling was. I knew it wasn't being a barrister mm-hmm. and so, or a lawyer. And so I just resigned spontaneously on the spot. And wow. uh, I didn't know what would come next. Uh, I didn't know what I would do next. I had no clue. But I knew two words were very important to me. And those two words were creativity and communication. And so I felt I, I, I really felt to allow those two words to guide me. And uh, uh, it was really quite effective. They guided me quite well. You ended up at a, a retreat, right, in, in Australia. Um, and I'm not sure what I don't think you describe in the book the exact nature of the retreat. That's not really important, I guess. But but right. during that retreat, you had your first great awakening. And I can't help but think when I read it, you know, the description, um, like it took me back to one of my favorite mystics, Thomas Traherne, because Thomas Traherne had this great awakening where he saw everything in, with radiance. You know, the children were radiant with life. The the the, the wheat in the fields was uh, was glowing and um, and it, it's similar to your experience. You looked across that river and saw the you saw those trees, right? You were present to them. You 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 saw beyond the the surface of things, if you like, the the conditioned mind that approaches things and and labels things, right? And you saw these things as they as they were. They just they were simply themselves, right? And it, it was it was an amazing revelation. Things began to explode almost, yeah. Well, it could definitely be described as an explosion. I went through this very profound and powerful uh, awakening that I really wasn't expecting. I didn't really know what it was at the time, and uh, but it was overwhelming. It was totally um, uh, life transforming in a way. But uh, at the end, by the by the time this awakening had completed itself on this one day, uh, everything was illuminated. Exactly like you described, you described, everything was illuminated from within. It felt like it was illuminated with the presence of God. It was the most amazing experience. And at the same time, I found that I was completely and utterly intoxicated with love. I was just overwhelmed with love at everything that was in front of me or anywhere near me. Uh, whether it was the sound of the river running, whether it was a cow grazing on the side of the road, whether it was all the forests, uh, all the trees in the forest. It doesn't matter what it was. I was completely overwhelmed with love. It was a different kind of love. It wasn't the love that I'd experienced in my normal life. I, uh, upon reflection, I would have to describe it as uh, either divine love or an opening into the love that God actually is, that it was God and, and as love. So it was and a completely you, uh, overwhelming experience, transforming experience. It wasn't the easiest easiest experience to go through because uh, it was kind of multidimensional all at the same time. It was as if I'd suddenly opened into a number of different dimensions simultaneously. So I had to kind of navigate that. But uh, all sorts of revelations uh, began to flow through me. Uh, it was quite amazing. You know, you talk a lot about love in the book. I guess uh, people ask questions about love. It's a universal theme, but yes. uh, so much love is kind of conditional, right? We 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 feel we feel we can be fulfilled, right? If we if we love someone and they love us back and all that, and all in, that. In, in a sense, that's not the real love you're talking about. This love that you're talking about is 
is unconditionally just naturally there, right? It's um, it's, it's, it's actually who free. you are. You discover right. that that's who you are. You are you are as you as you awaken, as you become fully present, you discover that you are actually the energy of love, and it matters not who or what you love. It's more like a, a candle giving off a glow of light when it's lit. Well, when you're present and awake at the level that I'm describing, you're literally giving off a glow of love. It's just it's it 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 relates to everything in front of you. Another way of uh, putting it, it's like the full moon on a cloudless night. It shines mm. its light on all without discrimination or selection. Well, the love, the divine love that I'm speaking of and that I experienced was like that. It was just for, for everything. No dis, no discrimination. A garbage can on the side of the road would absolutely be included in that field of love. It's almost like you've opened into a field of love. Totally amazing. You use the word allow, and I I love that. I've contemplated that a lot um, in in my moments of awakening, you know, the idea that God or the universe allows. Um, It's not judging us, you know. It's very different from the the dogmatic religions, you know, where we've got these moral systems of good and evil. In in the truth, in a place of truth, right, there is simply that allowing. And it's an amazing feeling to to know that, you know, God, God or the universal energy allows you to be who, exactly who you choose to be for good or ill, you know, at any given time. But but that uh, that embrace, that spacious, um, it, it, vast, eternal uh, feeling that you get when you, you, you really understand what allowing means it's just mind-blowing, isn't it? Or at least it has been for me. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, Paul. And um, allowing in, that, in, the, in the way you're describing it is very connected also to accepting. In other words, you mm. accept the present moment as it is. You don't, there's mm-hmm. nothing you need to change. You allow life to unfold. You allow the present moment to reveal itself to you. You allow. God allows, you allow. And yet when we go into the mind and that uh, dream that I often refer to, then we're in a totally different uh, uh, way of living in the world. Uh, and uh, it becomes very difficult and very conflicted and uh, all sorts of problems. But as you as you open into presence and oneness, all those limitations and, pres- and problems that we're familiar with just simply disappear. Even the ego is not with you when you're fully present and awake. You know, as you enter this place um, or this awareness, um, you know, I think sometimes there's a sloughing off of the sadness or the pain, you know, that you may have accumulated in this or previous lifetimes. And you had that moment in, you know, as you delve deep into the river, into that darkness and then came up with a kind of a primal scream, right, almost. Um, of release, right? The, the, and sometimes that can be very frightening, you know, this this idea that you see all the, the sadness or suffering that you've taken on, uh, and, and you know, it, and when you release it, it's like, what's going to be left of me if I let go of all that, you know? Um, so it's it's a quite a scary experience. You know, just having an spiritual experience isn't always like sweetness and light, is it? It can, it can be quite... Um, you it know, can be very, blow. very challenging, and uh, uh, I think that yeah. one has to be quite well prepared in order to go through such an experience. And right. of course, when I refer to, to 
preparing, I'm referring to you know a, a history of of meditation, so that you have a, a certain grounding in in presence before you enter into that awakened state. Uh, it can be very confusing. You had six experiences, I think, you describe in the book, right? And yeah, over a period of uh, eighteen years, approximately every three years, I would have right. another one of these awakenings, and each one opened me to different aspects of who we are and what happened to us and how we all got lost and how we find our way home to truth, love and oneness and God. And one of the ones that you experienced was was heaven on earth. And I think this is something that appeals to the unity audience, you know, because so often we put heaven out there in a future place, right? Um, the kingdom of heaven is something you may be attained if you've been good on this, on this lifetime. Um, yes. But really, the kingdom of heaven, as Jesus said, right, the kingdom of heaven is within you and around you. It's 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 an ever present um, awareness. You know, it's all it's always here. We just don't see it for one reason or another because our minds are conditioned to accept other things. Right. That's very, very true. Uh, and uh, you know what I like to say is that, you know, heaven on earth is here now, but we don't experience it in order to really open into heaven on earth. In this lifetime, you have to become so fundamentally and deeply present, filled with love, generosity and gratitude, and it just might open for you. Now, heaven on earth is not going to be, it's going to be revealed within your consciousness. It's very individual. Just because I experience heaven on earth in this moment, or if I did, it doesn't mean anyone else is experiencing it. It opens up individually within each one of us. It's, it opens within our, our consciousness. And suddenly heaven on earth is is revealed, and I can assure you, it is completely and utterly unmistakable. There's just not a shadow of a doubt. This is God. This is heaven on earth. All, there's no possibility of doubt in my experience anyway. In those moments of deep presence and the revealing of heaven on earth. My view, Paul, is that that's why we're here. We're really here. We're on a journey from heaven to heaven on earth. Most people on a spiritual path want to get back to heaven, but that's the wrong direction. You have to complete the journey by discovering heaven manifested here on earth. This has always been heaven on earth. It will always be heaven on earth. But unfortunately, uh, humanity in its unconsciousness, not realizing where we really are, if I could put it this way, Paul, we are crapping all over heaven on earth in our own consciousness. I don't judge yeah. that in any way, but I do feel a certain level of uh, compassion for for our planet, uh, knowing what, what it really is. You know, and, and a lot of people just want to escape, you know, um, like we said earlier, traditional religions hope that we could escape this world or this veil of tears, you know, and enter the paradise that's waiting for us. Um, but even in um, new thought and um, spiritual traditions, there's still that sense of this isn't quite right. I've got to get rid of it so I can find the reality. And and you mentioned in the book, you know, you talk about the Course in Miracles. And um, and, and this has been a, a thing about the Course in Miracles that I haven't agreed with. You know, it's the idea that everything's an illusion. And, and if I can just get rid of that, you know, let it disappear, then I'll be in the, the place of spirit. And. I've never felt that was right because I felt well, like um, it's I'll illusory, go, I'll, right? I'll go, sorry, continue. I, no, I was, I was going to say it's illusory, but that doesn't mean it's an illusion. Um, 
you know, we make it, we play games and dreams and stories about things, but the reality is still there in the midst of everything. It's not like it's going to disappear and then a new reality will show up. No, it's already here. Please let, please continue. I'm just going to get that idea out. Right, right. Okay. So I, I agree with you completely there, uh, Paul. And um, <clears throat> I've actually forgotten what we were talking about. <laughs> Just the idea of illusion and... and oh, um, yes, yes. Okay. This is actually very, very important. This At this point, this is where I uh, separate myself from the uh, teachings of the A Course in Miracles. Not that I've ever read The Course in Miracles, but I have been told certain things, so I assume I was told correctly. But, um, no, if you dismiss the physical world that we live in as illusion, then we have a very large problem. There's no chance of awakening. If that's the case and let me explain the world of illusion is actually the world of the human thinking mind I call it the dream I call it everything outside of this moment which is really made up of memory from the past and imagining into the future with it together with all your concepts ideas opinions and beliefs that's the world of illusion and almost the whole of humanity is living within that world of illusion not realizing that they're lost in a dream i call the world of the mind a field of dreams that's where the dream of our life year after year unfolds so um um uh, that's the field of dreams that's the real illusion now if you want to come out of a world of illusion by being present with something that is real, then you better not dismiss the physical world as, as illusion. What are you going to be present with? So if you're present with a tree, for me, it's like that for me, that, that tree that you're being present with is not really a tree. It's actually God in the form of a tree. So to dismiss that as an illusion is the same as di di dismissing God. Now, let me say why that mistake has been made. Um, <clears throat> because just because you can penetrate, say you're very present with a tree or a scene in front of you, and you're present with the physical appearance of what is here in the moment, and you become so very present with that tree that it starts to dissolve into light. In other words, you've penetrated the, the physical body, and now you're, you're relating to the energy body of that tree. Now, here's the point. Just because the energy body is transcendent of the physical body, it doesn't mean we deny or discount the physical body. All, it's all the physical body is there, the energy body is there, and then beyond that, whatever's beyond that. But to dismiss it is a mistake. Otherwise, what are you going to be present with that will bring you out of the dream? You have to be present with something uh, that is real of this moment not an illusion. Now, if you want to believe in certain paths and approaches, if you do it through the world of the mind, you're still in illusion. If, if they're ideas, they're, it's all illusion. So for me, that's a very important point that we must all open up to. To be present with what is here in the moment with you is to be present with the body of God. I don't care what it is. It could be a door handle. It could be a garbage can on the side of the road, or it could be a beautiful tree, a flower, a mountain, an elephant, a donkey, your own body. It's all the body of God. Bring yourself present with the body of God, and you'll begin to experience the living presence of God in all things present. Another way yes. of saying that is bring yourself fully present with the creation 
that which is created by God, and you'll begin to experience God as the creator. So don't try and find God as creator. You'll never find God as creator. Find God as creation. Be present with what is here, including the physical body, the energy body, and whatever is beyond that. At the end of the day, the only thing beyond the energy body is nothing or perfect eternal nothingness. And that too is God. So be present with that. End of story. Beautifully put. And and I just want to do a shout out to the Course of Miracles because uh, we're not trashing the whole book. It's there's good no, stuff no. in it, especially in the in the workbook because it helps us move from the story that we we tell about things to the reality. But you know, but I do think there's that little flaw in the in the Course of Miracles, like we've just discussed, you know, about about the nature of illusion. So it's yes. useful. And, you know, people to, on the non-dual path are making exactly the same mistake. One of those right. who are interested in Advaita Vedanta, they've made the mistake the mistake of dismissing the physical world as illusory. Also, it's the same mistake. Right. There we go. Well, I'm, I'm I like the idea of Shiva and Shakti. You know, if you're talking about Hinduism, uh, the 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 ultimate uh, presence, mm-hmm. and and then the the manifestation of that presence through through the f- feminine, the Shakti, and they dance together. You know, you can't have the one without the other. So. Uh, to right. get, say, oh, I've got to get rid of Shakti so I can find Shiva is, is silly because the, the, yes. the creation and the created are, uh, are both part of the this dynamic unfolding out of nothingness. And so they're, they're valuable in and of themselves. Yeah. Well, let's Absolutely. move on. I don't, want to, I don't want to belabor that point too much, but um, uh, we're getting towards the, the halfway mark already. I can't believe that. Um, I can't believe it either. Yeah, <laughs> we're in, we're in we, the timeless um, dimension here, Paul. There we go. Yeah, we could be going for infinity here. That's right, um, <laughs> and we are. <laughs> um, so part of the book is this play that you uh, put, put together and have produced and, and acted in uh, in various parts of the the U.S. Right, uh, it's a right. short play, but it's it's very profound, and it's about we could say the real Jesus, right? The the and, and it mirrors in many ways your own experiences, you know, and your awakenings, uh, which isn't surprising because I think there is a, even though the mystical experience is unique to each of what each of us, it shares commonalities. I think all mystical experiences share a certain commonality uh, because we're break, breaking through right into this unitive awareness. So tell us about how that play came about. Um, okay, so. Um... I don't want to go into too much story, but during the first awakening, which we've already been speaking about, as I said, I was in an incredibly awakened uh, state of consciousness, um, full of love, overwhelmed with love, experiencing oneness with everything. Uh, And at the same time, all these revelations were coming through. uh, And in the beginning, the revelations were about me and what had happened to me, how I'd gone astray in my life, you know, how I'd been caught in the dream. And that was very, very liberating, and I, I was dealt with with great compassion. But then about halfway through, or maybe a bit later, about halfway through the awakening, um, while I'm at this retreat, um, <clears throat> suddenly everything went to a different level, a deeper level. The energy shifted noticeably, and I can't explain it rationally, but instantly I knew it was God. I can't tell you how I knew. In fact, before this moment, I was agnostic, if if not bordering on atheist. I had no interest in Jesus, God, or anything. 
But anyway, in this moment, here I am experiencing the presence of God, the energy of God all around me, and I couldn't explain it. I couldn't understand it, but I knew it. And all of a sudden, God spoke to me, which was even more surprising. It was very clear. I didn't know whether the word was coming from inside me or outside of me. I really didn't know. But the words were very, very puzzling to me that God spoke. God asked me, quite literally, to tell the truth about Jesus. And now my response to that was, I don't know the truth about Jesus, which was true. I'd never read the New Testament. I didn't know the truth about Jesus. I didn't know why God was asking me. And uh, I actually added, if I did know, I wouldn't tell anyway. So that was kind of how it was. Now, God repeated the, the question probably once every hour or, or less. But this is this is what really transformed me. Even though I said no to God very clearly, very firmly, I said, no, I don't know, and I won't anyway, God didn't go away. That was amazing to me. God was still there in everything. I was experiencing the presence of God constantly, and uh, God didn't go away. So it suddenly occurred to me that this is not the God that I, I'd rejected in the Bible. This is an unconditionally loving and present God, absolutely without judgment, and I was allowed to say no to God. That was life transforming. Anyway, this awakening continued for some time, probably uh, several weeks. And then uh, three years later, I had a second awakening. This time I was running the retreat. I was teaching at, at this retreat at the same place. And I had my second awakening. Now, it was during this awakening. It was more or less at the end of the retreat. I just flopped down on the grass. I stretched my arms out just to rest on the grass because I was a little tired. And all of a sudden, I was on the cross. I could not explain it to anyone rationally, but I was on the cross experiencing in incredible detail what Jesus experienced on the cross. And all sorts of revelations about what was happening at that time came through. What happened to him on the cross? What was behind his crying out, um, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, it was all re all intensely experienced by me, including the fall upon the cross when he when he said, "Why hast thou forsaken me?" And then shortly afterwards, he died. It was all revealed to me. Now you have to understand, th this was a lot to go through, and uh, I didn't really want to hear any of this. I didn't. I wasn't choosing this, and yet it happened to me. And. Uh, uh, so many revelations about what happened to Jesus on the cross, particularly in that moment when he cried out, why hast thou forsaken me? It was right. quite amazing, actually, and I got such an insight into who he really was and what his true teaching was. And and uh, after all of this had settled down, I, I read the New Testament and I couldn't believe it. it. Two things were clear to me. Number one, his words are so powerful for one who has awakened. They're like signposts saying, yes, you're on the right track. It's just amazing. But I could also see where his words have been altered. They weren't really his words. And hold, hold at least... Hold that thought, oh. Leonard, because the, okay. uh, the end of the first segment has come, and okay. we need to go no through the messages about unity. Join okay. us after the messages, folks. We'll come back to... Uh... All are welcome here. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. 
So welcome back to today's show. I just want to mention my new book is Unity and World Religions, and it's out on Amazon. It's on Kindle. You can get it from unity.org as well. Plus, we had a panel discussion uh, about themes in Unity and World Religions, and uh, it's on YouTube, and I just put that up on my Facebook, Paul John Roach, and on World, World Spirituality Facebook, and it'll be up on my website today also, pauljohnroach.com. So look for all those things. Uh, the book's selling well, so I'd love you to get a copy, uh, see what you think of the of that. Today, though, I'm with a fascinating person named Leonard Jacobson, and we're talking about his book, Liberating Jesus. What would Jesus say if he returned today? And I was talking with Leonard at the end of the, the first segment about the play that he put together, his revelations that he'd received from from the divine of what Jesus was really trying to say and do and demonstrate. And a lot of it is in alignment, I think, with the unity point of view in terms of Jesus, and uh, which makes us a little different traditional Christians because we see that he was pointing to the divinity within us all and not just within himself. But um, then it could tell us more. So t tell us more about those revelations and the, and the play. Well, as I was saying, uh, during this second awakening, I had all these revelations about what happened to Jesus as well as what's happened to all of us. And um, it was so startling to me, these revelations, because many of the revelations that came through to me were not com not really consistent with traditional Christian uh, theology. Uh, and um, it was kind of troubling for me, in fact, uh, the, all these revelations, the whole uh, the whole awakening that I experienced, all my, this whole experience on the cross, I didn't share with anyone for many, many years. I was kind of concerned. Number one, I didn't want to offend anyone. And number two, I was kind of a little concerned about the reaction from people because it wasn't uh, consistent with uh, traditional Christianity, even though a lot of there were a lot of commonalities, but it, there were too many significant differences. So I was afraid to write about this for many years or to share this. But I watched uh, uh, Mel Gibson on TV talking about the Passion of the Christ. Remember that movie? And mm -hmm. uh, to be honest with you, it made me so mad that I, I had to uh, I had to do something about it, which was I had to finally share what was revealed to me during those uh, awakenings. Now, uh, I, I, I thought about how can I do that? What's the best way for me to share what was revealed to me? And I thought, you know, the safest way would be to write it as a play. What would Jesus say if he came back? And um, if he came back today, what would he say to Christians? What would he say to anyone? What would he say to all of us? And so... Uh, that's when I wrote the play, and then I performed it in uh, numerous locations, um, and it, it was actually very well received, including by Christians who attend, attended the audience, attended the play. Uh, they all really loved it, and uh, I performed the play actually, uh, just a one evening performance, at the Unity Village in Kansas City, and there must have been I think maybe 500 people there. I don't remember exactly, but there were a lot of people, many um, unity ministers. And from what I could gather, they all really, really enjoyed the play and uh, they could relate to it. So clearly unity uh, is, is, you know, it's, it's a different kind of uh, approach to, to God and spiritual, spirituality and uh, awakening. And I would say a much more enlightened approach. But uh, 
I don't want to offend anybody with anything I say, but what's in the play would offend, you know, born again type Christians, very traditional Christians. Uh, they would find the play rather uh, difficult. Uh, so I performed, the, I wrote and performed the play uh, back in 2007 or 8, I think it was. And, uh, you know, I had the awakening and the revelations in 2081. So, uh, no, nine, what was it? 1981. So you can imagine, you know, I was unwilling to share anything about that experience for many years. And uh, then I finished up writing a book just recently, which uh, you've been referring to, also called Liberating Jesus. And uh, the book, it's really a good book. It's really worth reading. Uh, I think one of the things that we really need to recognize as, as human beings is that Christ is not an individual. Christ is a state of consciousness. Jesus, the man, awakened to Christ consciousness, which is that consciousness where you're utterly and fully one with God. You're in oneness with God. That's Christ consciousness. I am and God is. And, and there's such a close oneness connection. That would be Christ consciousness. Now, there is a step beyond Christ consciousness, um, but and that would be God consciousness. But with God consciousness, you would have to declare, I have disappeared and only God is. With Christ consciousness, I am and God is. But with God consciousness, I have disappeared and only God is. And I think I was hovering between the two during my, all my awakenings, moving from one to the other. So it's important to realize that Christ is a state of consciousness, and that state of consciousness that I call Christ consciousness is available to all of us. It exists within each, each and every one of us. In fact, that's what awakening is as far as I'm concerned. It's an awakening to Christ consciousness. And Jesus is the most wonderful guide and support in that journey to, uh, of awakening to Christ consciousness. Jesus is not the only Christ. Everybody on planet Earth is a Christ if they wake up. And uh, no one is, and Jesus is not anybody's savior. Jesus never intended to be anyone's savior. That's how his words got twisted. Everyone is the savior. Everyone on planet Earth is the savior. But here's the catch: you're only the savior of yourself. You are your right. own savior. The metaphor Beautiful. of the savior, as far as I'm concerned, is the most pe perfect metaphor for abandonment of responsibility. Someone outside of me will save me. Jesus will save me. No, Jesus won't save you. You will save yourself by awakening into the truth of who you are, by going beyond all your beliefs, your thoughts, your opinions, and realizing there is a truth beyond anything you know or could know with the, with the mind. Now you talk about, uh, I want to get to the practical side of this for our listeners. Um, you talk about the sort of two-step process, if you like, of coming into this awareness, right? That the, the first is to be present to the, to the moment, to be present to what is, um, it, which, which is the presence itself. Um, but then that's, that's not quite enough, right? Because you, then you have to take that awareness and, and shine that light onto the ways that we are stuck. The, the, the fact that our mind and our ego and all the opinions and ideas and fears that you just talked about you know, sort of get in the way. And one of the things you mentioned that I like, I like in, the, in the book is that uh, the, the ego is not a bad thing. You know, the ego, has, like the body, it's, it's got its uses, but 
it makes a terrible master, doesn't it? Once it's controlling everything about us, then we're, we're lost. But but it, there's no way you can sort of d d destroy your ego. You know, some people think, oh, I just got to get rid of my ego and then I'll be free. No, you know, it's, it's only going to get stronger if you keep resisting it and, and trying to destroy it. So uh, there's a, it's a gentle approach, really, isn't it, to, um, you know, once you've, once you've entered the presence, there's no struggle anymore. It's, it's simply a skillful way of, of handling things, you know, in a, in, in a more enlightened manner, right, I think? No, that's exactly right. And, and those are really the two steps of, of what I teach uh, about awakening. Step one is learning the art of being present. And people would be just shocked if they knew how simple and easy it is to be present. There's a simple key that I share how to be present. So that's step one. Now, step two is also necessary. I call it inter interdependent steps. Step two involves bringing conscious awareness just like you said, shining the light of presence into the dream, bringing conscious awareness to all the ways you're pulled back into the dream, back into the mind, out of presence. Uh, who are you when you're in the dream? Who have you become? How do you keep yourself in the dream? What are all the limiting beliefs you're living within the dream? What are the judgments of yourself and others do you have within the dream? How do you keep yourself in the dream? How does ego keep you in the dream? What do you need to let go of to come out of the dream? The dream being everything outside of the present moment. What do you need to let go and open into a very deep and beautiful level of presence? Uh, that's step two of this teaching and step step one leads to presence step two leads to mastery of the mind and ego which is essential for us in our journey of awakening you know the cow and the elephant and the tree they don't have to worry about step two but we humans have gotten so lost within the dream so lost within the mind so many, for so many lifetimes, we're so habituated to living in the dream, we're so addicted to thinking that we need step two to help us find our way out of the dream and, and, find, and, and know how to navigate the dream so that we don't, so that we're masters of the mind and ego, not victims. And I'd say 99% of uh, humanity is under the control of the ego, including religious people. Yes. But maybe particularly religious people, I don't know. Yes, well, I'm uh, trying to be nice here, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so um, to enter the present moment, you know, you said there's a key, a simple key. What is it? Okay, so it's a, 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 don't be angry with me if it's too simple, okay? <laughs> okay, it's as simple as this. When you're in the mind, you're somewhere in the past or somewhere in the future. It's a simple truth. Whenever you think, all thought is past or future. And so if you believe in those thoughts or those thoughts are unconscious, you're going to be constantly in the past or future because those thoughts never stop. We're all addicted to thinking. So in order to come out of the past and future world of the mind, all that is necessary is to very subtly adjust your focus and bring yourself present, bring your focus present with something that's actually here in the moment with you. If you can see it in this moment, it means you're not imagining it, you're not remembering it, it's actually here. So if you, the moment you're truly present, truly tuned in with something that's actually here in the moment, you must come out of the mind because mind is past, future, now you're present. So if you, if you can see it, you can be present with it. If you can hear it in this moment, you can be present with it. If you can taste, touch, smell, 
in this moment, something that's here in the moment, you can be present with it. So it's just by being present with what is here, shifting your focus. You notice your thinking. That's okay. You can keep thinking if you want. But you have to know you have a God-given right to interrupt that thinking, not reject it, not judge it, not try and stop it, but just exercise your God-given right to shift your focus into the present moment, not the world of your mind, a world of illusion and separation. Every moment of your life, you have that choice. Will I stay in in my mind thinking? It's okay if you do. There are times when you have to, of course. Or... Will I make that choice to be present over and over again, very gently, no effort, no struggle, no practice. It's just a gentle remembering. Oh, I'm in my mind. Now I'm present. You do that over and over many times each day and slowly, slowly presence will open up in you. Uh, You also can sit and do the presence meditation for five minutes, 10 minutes every day. It doesn't matter. You can go for a presence walk. There are many ways that you can bring yourself present. You literally bring yourself present through the senses. It's like come back to your senses. Be here with what is here, not with what is in your mind. There's so much content in your mind. It's so easy to get lost there. Come back. Be present with what is here. Very gently, very lovingly. And then when you are present, don't be afraid to express your love, your generosity and your gratitude to what is here in the present moment with you. And that, that will open the mystery. And you'll start to experience different levels of presence. But you can't, there can't be any trying involved. You can't try to be present. You can't practice presence. All you can do is very gently notice you're not present and then bring yourself present in the gentlest, kindest way. No rejection of the th- of thoughts, no rejection or judgment of beliefs, no rejection of the dream, just noticing it for what it is. As Jesus said, all that is hidden shall be revealed. What that means for me is that everything that is still hidden in the unconscious world of our minds will gently and gradually come up into the full light of consciousness that is our own presence. All that is hidden shall be revealed. And as 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 that which is not the truth of you is revealed, it drops away, revealing the truth of who you are. You know, I love all that. That's beautifully put. And um, I think some people think that, you know, revelations come in a, in a picturesque way. You know, we, we find a beautiful sunset and we go, oh, now I'm, you know, into this reality. Or I, I find the beautiful this, that and the other. And we're all searching for this beauty. But I think for me, it's, it's, it's often in the trash, like you mentioned earlier, or in the corners. Corners do it for me, just gazing at corners and I'm, I'm in the presence. Um, uh, I think sometimes it's it's owning up to your own stupidity, you know. The oh, absolutely. Where you say, um, oh, good Lord, look at that. But you, suddenly you're present to it. It's no longer you know, beating up on yourself. You're just saying, ah, oh, look look what I did there. That's interesting. Um, yeah, and that, it's, that's it's the not... revelation. You see, when right, you're present, right. then you're, you're, you're two things are happening at one time. Number one, you're present. That's just presence. But at the same time, revelation is arising from within presence where you recognize, oh, that's what I've been doing. Or that's my mistake. Or everything is equal. I can be present with the garbage can or the beautiful flower. I don't need to distinguish or judge. The revelations are sort of insights and ahas that just keep coming up and revealing to you not only what happened to you, but what happened to the whole of humanity. It's really quite amazing. How we all got it's lost. It's pretty cool stuff, isn't it? 
It's extremely cool stuff. I, th I consider <laughs> it the most exciting journey that anyone can embark upon. Uh, yeah, this, the journey of uh, your own journey of awakening, and you know it's challenging yeah. at times, and it's extremely rewarding, uh, ultimately. Right. And you know, it's also great just for your day-to-day -day living because when you're present, this uh, people often ask me, well, how does presence benefit me in my day-to-day -day life? Well, here's here's my answer to that: when you're present. You, you just naturally and organically open up into the truth of who you are, which is you are love, the energy of love, acceptance, compassion. You're empowered from within. You're not, there's no more judgment. You're not concerned with what other people think of you. You feel free to be yourself. Now, if you are present, more, are more present as you live your day-to-day -day life, all those qualities that I just referred to are going to flow into your life without you doing anything. So, of course, your life will transform with these all these qualities waking up within you. They're all the qualities of God, intelligence, love, um, beauty, uh, acceptance, compassion, all the things I, I mentioned, they're all the qualities of God. Now, here's another mistake we made. This is the huge mistake humanity has made. Given that we're we're, the whole of humanity is lost in a dream of separation without realizing it, what we've done is very interesting. To comfort us in the dream, which is separate from God, that's when, how we become separate from God, we're lost in this dream, to comfort us, we create God in our own image. God that will bring us a new coat or a new car or save us or take us to heaven or lift us off the earth and save us from this suffering. And we give God all these personal qualities uh, and we accept that we're all sinners and only God can save us or Jesus. Uh, <clears throat> and... Um, And the, the truth is that's just an abandonment of responsibility. We have to take responsibility for ourselves and awaken ourselves. Really, it's that simple. And it's so available that uh, uh, your life transforms without you doing anything because all these qualities of presence are now flowing into your life. What I say to people is all you have to do is ask yourself every day, am I a little more present today than I was yesterday? Am I a little more loving today than I was yesterday? Am I a little kinder? Am I a little more accepting? In other words, every day we strive without effort, without trying, but we're aware of of being just a little bit more of those qualities every day. Yes, very good. Particularly a little more present every day. If you can manage that, hey, it's game over. <laughs> you know, there was a, 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 an unintentionally humorous comment, I think, in the book where some woman says, uh, if, if I'm in the present moment, you know, then how can I plan anything? How can I do anything? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't preclude this, does it? As you said, all, all the qualities you need will come to you. There's nothing wrong with the past and the future, uh, you know, as useful tools, as long as you don't buy into them as the reality of who you are, right? I mean, I, yes. I can mine my past for wonderful information, but I... It doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to need to dwell there. So just we'll, being we'll in the moment doesn't mean jettisoning everything else, right? I think this is important to know. Right, right. Absolutely. All right. We have a few minutes left, uh, Leonard. This has been a wonderful show. 
What have we missed out that I haven't covered that you'd like to tell our listeners today? Well, I would, I would like to share this because I think it's important for people who are, there are many people beginning to awakening or who are already awakened. And that's wonderful, but there's also an awful lot of people going in the opposite direction. So I'd like to say this because I think it helps people recognize what's really what, what it really is. You have to see presence as existing on a vertical axis. In other words, you can become more and more deeply present. And, and on, on the, there's a point on this vertical axis of presence. If you go beyond this point, in other words, you become even more present, there's a point where time disappears completely. There's a point where you can't function in the world. I'm one of the few who know this because I've experienced it for weeks on end. There's no way you can function in the world. This is beyond time. You can't have a relationship with anyone. You couldn't go to work. But it's the most magnificent experience that one could possibly imagine. It's beyond experience. Um, so there's that level of presence. And if you open to that level of presence, you know, you wouldn't be able to continue functioning in your life. However, above that point that I described, you're still present, but time is available to you. So you can play in the world of time. You can play in the dream without getting lost in the dream. So, you know, you can remember your past, you can plan your future. None of that's a problem, but you're sufficiently grounded in presence that you no longer get pulled out of presence. Yeah. You, you can still use your mind. You still think. Now you're thinking intentionally and consciously, intelligently. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with playing in the world of time as long as you have access to the eternal world of now. At any moment, you have that freedom to just drop out of the world of time. Now you're incredibly eternally present in this eternal moment of now. Experience that just for a few moments, then go back to your day-to-day -day life. That's fine no problem and then every now and then dwell dwell for as long as you like in this eternal dimension now it's really important to know that what i'm describing is available to everyone in fact i'll go one step further paul i'm going to say everyone listening to this broadcast right now this uh, podcast is already a fully awakened being you always have been and you always will be the only problem is, if you go too far into the mind, the dream, the past, the future, the world of thought, opinions, concepts and ideas, you're going to disconnect from the truth that is ever present with you, within you. And that is what has happened to humanity. So the awakened you is already here. You just have to relax and tune into it. Now, if you try to be present, that's the ego trying to be present. It's not going to work. Uh, there's so much that I can share about the keys to awakening, how to be in right relationship with the ego, how to heal the inner child, um, how to overcome fear and anxiety. But at the deeper levels, it's really what my teaching is really about is how to awaken into the truth of who you are. Because right. that's, the, that's the journey is to liberate ourselves from the dream and awaken into the truth of who we are and then live as love in the world. I hope that you've uh, found this inspirational, folks, because it's truly a wonderful teaching and Leonard explicates it very well. And he's written several books, not just The Liberating Jesus. So you can find out about him um, on his website, right? What, what is it, Leonard? It's leonardjacobson.com. Yeah, simple. Um, let okay. me tell uh, everybody about next week's show, and then we'll have the last uh, word um, after that. Um, 
Next week, I talk with the internationally uh, renowned uh, mystic and theologian, Matthew Fox. And we're going to talk about his new book. It's uh, The Essential Teachings of Creation, Spirituality. It's like a compilation of his life's work here on creation spirituality. Uh, that should be a wonderful show, too. So join, join Matthew Fox and myself for a, for a discussion next week. Um, but right now, um, Leonard, thank you so much for your words of wisdom. What, 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 um, what, are, you, what are you yet to accomplish in this lifetime? Well, to tell you the truth, um, I don't think there's anything that I need to accomplish beyond what I've accomplished. I've, I've uh, fulfilled my service to God by telling the truth about Jesus. Whether, whether people re how people respond to that is not my business. And right. um, I've been teaching for 40 years. I'm still teaching. I'm still writing books. My latest book is all about the ego and revealing how to uh, really come into right relationship with the ego so that it will surrender and stop controlling and making a mess of your life. So I'm just day by day living living what I do. I love to teach. Uh, and uh, I'm not interested in being a proselytizer or persuading anyone. I'm just looking for those who are ready. And I've been doing that for the past 40 years. And uh, I've found quite a few who are ready and occasionally those who are not ready. And you can't control that. Not everyone's ready for what you and I are talking about, Paul. But the beautiful thing is that many are. And it's wonderful that there are so many people now who are who are in a in a situation where they can share the truth that is open within them and share it with others. You know, the good news is, as you said, you know, there's a, a kernel or a spark of that perfection within us all, that, that presence. Um, and no matter how deeply, it, you know, it's hidden within all the masks and the <laughs> stories and the dreams, you know, it, 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 the possibility for it coming forth and shining is always there. And we affirm that for every single being on this planet, you know, that even though we're covered up with uh, forgetfulness, that we, there's always that chance to remember who we are in truth. And thank you for being one of those people that is there to remind us uh, and, and, and provide teachings to help us remember and, and let our light shine. So grateful for your work. And so thanks for being on the show. Thank Leonard. you, Paul. And thank you folks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tune in again next week and be blessed. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org.